Thank you, Lord, again for our gathering, Lord. Thank you for our time together. And uh, I just pray, Lord, for a blessing for our kids. And as they learn about you, more about you, Lord, we thank you again for, for the gift of Christmas. We thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And we give you praise for them. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you might anoint me to preach this message, bring glory and honor. And, Lord, I, I pray that all of us here, each and every one of us, will get some, something out of this message, some truth, Lord, that we can carry with us outside of these walls, Lord, to serve you, to bring you glory and honor. We pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. A few years ago, Jan and I were driving back from Florida this during spring break. And we didn't make motel reservations, uh, figuring that there wouldn't be a problem finding accommodations for the night, and then we'd spend the night wherever, and then we'd just finish our trip the following day. Well, after hours and hours, and I don't know how many endless miles, all we heard was no vacancy, you know, filled up, whatever. That's all we heard. Well, Mary and Joseph, they heard two words, no room, no room. Obviously, the innkeeper was unaware of this great, unbelievable event that was to happen. Mary's son, Jesus, was born. He is born in a stable in the inn. How amazing is that when you really stop and think about it? Former, the late Beatle John Lennon once said that the music group, the Beatles, were more popular than Jesus Christ. That may seem true, but there's another part of that. But they weren't as well known. Think about that. The events of Jesus Christ are universal. Hundreds and millions of people throughout the ages know all about the events of Jesus Christ, his life, his birth, his death, and his resurrection. So we're going to be talking this morning about that first Christmas. And we're going to be looking at, uh, at Luke. Luke really gives us more detail about the birth of Christ than the other Gospels. Not that they don't talk about it, but Luke really goes into detail. So we're going to be looking at Luke uh, chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And we're going to stay in this we put this on the screen, Luke 2, 8 through 12. We're going to stay in these verses uh, for the rest of the, of the morning as far as this message is concerned. And what I like about this, we talk about this most important event in history. We need to put ourselves back into that first Christmas. And we need to put ourselves back with being a shepherd and what that really meant and what it means really that being shepherds, bringing announcing this great news 
what it means for us today. I want to first look at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. In Jesus' day, shepherds were considered to be, you know, the lowest on the lowest rung of the social ladder. The life for a shepherd was anything but easy. It required long nights and hours. Cold, cold nights. And to earn a living as a shepherd, you had to do so what? Through rugged terrain, land, with wild animals roaming around. It wasn't easy. And their job was 24 hours. How many times have you read in history, if you read biblical history, that you heard a young Jewish boy say this, gee, I can't wait to be a shepherd when I grow up. Hey. I found that fascinating when you really stop and think about it. Yet God made this divine birth announcement not to the highly educated, the rich, the culturally elite, but to shepherds, lowly shepherds. Why? Well, perhaps God used the lowly and the humble to make sure that Humanity remained humble and did not boast. Think about that. When God, when God brought a leader to Israel, when he chose that leader, he chose, he didn't choose a high priest. He chose a man named Moses hanging out in the back of a desert. That's God's style. When God chose a king, he chose a shepherd boy, David, from the smallest tribe. That's God's style. When Jesus chose 12 disciples, very common people, fishermen, Tax collector. That's God's style. <laughs> How many remember Dwight Moody? Heard, heard the name? Excuse me. It's fascinating because Dwight Moody never went beyond the fifth grade education. Yet in the 19th century, he's probably the most prolific revival preacher. And, of course, he founded Moody Bible Institution. That's God's style. Billy Graham, another one. Arguably the most visible, recognized evangelist in the world outside of the Apostle Paul. A farm boy. You know, they were, they were dairy farmers. But he had the voice. Someone said about Billy Graham, they said, you have the voice. You have the voice. And God's going to use that voice. And did he ever? Billy Graham was not 
a great, great student. But God used him. God used Peter. He used John. And guess what? He's using us. Are we highly, some of you may be very highly, whatever, uh, recognized? We're not. We're just basically common folk, aren't we? We might be a step above the shepherds. Pray for me. But God, that's what God does. That's God's style. It just amazes me that he took and brought the creator of the universe, our Savior, into this world and announced it to a group of lowly shepherds. That's what God does. God is not Hollywood. God's God. And why shouldn't he use shepherds to make the greatest announcement? And that's what this is. He announced it to those shepherds. That just amazes me when I think about that. Or when I start thinking too highly of myself, that knocks me down. You know, isn't God good at knocking us down? You know, when we need, isn't it good to say, okay, you think you're so great? Look what I'm going to do. God has a way of keeping us humble. The messenger. Excuse me. They never teach you this in seminary. What to do when you got something in your, you can hardly speak. And people are looking at you as you are doing me right now. And, and, and maintain your cool. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm cool. Everything is fine. The messenger. Let's look at, now we're going to be looking at Luke verses 9 through 14. And really, we need to get into this because, again, we have to be there. This is all there. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, To them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. (coughs) He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Even the heavenly hosts were praising Jesus' birth. If you want to receive all that God wants to give, then we must open our hearts to his praise, to his good news, to his love, to his peace, and his love in Christ. To praise him, to pronounce and proclaim the good news and love. Is what we're called to do in every way, shape, or form. And this, to praise him, to love him, what God has given us is offered to everyone. God offers all of this, the good news, to all people. 
Unfortunately, only a few will respond. They respond to the message of the Messiah. They respond to the message of Christ is born. In a manger. On that first Christmas, the angel came to them, and they were fearful because they sensed the presence of God, according to verse 9. And the glory of the Lord had shone around them. I pray on this Christmas we will be more aware of the, of the presence of God, that he has come to us. God has come to us in our time and in our space. 2,000 years ago, he appeared. 2,000 years plus. Now, he's with us in time and in space. Isn't it interesting to know we cannot see him, but he's with us? God with us through his spirit. That is a praise. That is a praise. Verses 10, 11. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Again, the shepherds, they were initially, they were fearful, weren't they? They were, they were fearful. A certain amount of fear is normal, isn't it? I mean, don't we teach our kids? Don't play in the streets. Why? Well, that's obvious. So fear is a good thing. However, fear, when we live in constant fear, that is unhealthy. You know, we can't live in constant fear. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen in, in, in the next two sentences? Is his voice going to hold out? You know, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. See, sometimes we get so gripped with fear, it paralyzes us. We can't think. We can't function. That's not good fear. That's unhealthy fear. How do we overcome, conquer the bad fear, the bad stuff? We start with this message of Christ born in a manger. The Savior was born to take this personal. He was born to forgive you, give you forgiveness. <laughs> he was born to bring you salvation. He was born to give you joy, give you peace, give you love. He was born to give you strength so you can overcome any situation in your life, no matter what it is. He was born for that moment for you. And he's born to guide you and bring order and purpose to your life. That's why he died. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Number three. Becca, how are we doing? We're trying to hang in there. Number three. Our reaction. You know, Satan is trying to beat us up, but we're not going to let that happen. Amen? Amen. Verses 15 through 18. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph 
and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Friends, it was one thing for the shepherds to hear about Jesus' birth, but another to act out what the angel told them. Verse 16, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They didn't hesitate because now they were totally sold out to the good news. They left their flocks. And I stop and think about that. A 24-7 job. A shepherd never left the flock. That was unheard of. But they left their flocks. Because nothing mattered more to them than this announcement of this birth. How about us? How is the Christmas story affected us here today. Isn't it more? Isn't it more than the preparations for family coming over? Isn't it more than just wrapping the gifts and put them under the tree? That's all part of it. But there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. That's why we come to church, don't we? We come to church because we know in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. I tell you, I I get so moved when I see people in church. You know, I really do because You know, sometimes it's so easy not to go to church. I'm tired, whatever, had a busy week, I just don't feel like it or whatever. But you know something? I really believe this, that God knows and watches who comes to church to worship him. Not to worship the band, the worship team, or the pastor or whatever. We come for him. He came for us. So why can't we come to him and worship this little baby that would one day would grow up and would suffer and die for us because that was God's plan. The Christmas story should never change for any of us. It should become fresh every year When we hear and we sing the songs, we pray, we hear a Christmas message or whatever. It's not about the preacher preaching and he's splitting an infinitive or he's bunching his words together. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. Can you imagine? I'm just going down rabbit. Can you imagine that the, the shepherds they hear the good news, you know. They're probably stumbling over, trying to get out of the rough terrain, find out all about this good news, and be there. Nothing was going, was going to stop them because this news would change their lives. And it did. And this news should change our lives as well. <laughs>
Verse 16. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They didn't hesitate again because they were so sold out to him. And then we come to verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. The shepherds, once again, could not contain this amazing, wonderful birth. Verses 19 and 20. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Catch that phrase, just as they had been told. This is true. This is not a myth. This story is real. And I can assure you, my brothers and sisters, if that was not the case, I would not be here. But it really happened. And they were sold out. So they went back tending their flocks, but they were never the same because they were radically transformed. That's what Jesus does. He radically transformed the heart. You feel Jesus right now? Do you feel him? That's the Holy Spirit really convicting you. Let the Holy Spirit move in you now so that you can feel that Christ child. That that baby died on, died, was born and died on that cross later on just for you and for me. Warts and all. That amazes me. I'm such a sinful person, you know, and so are you. But Jesus died for us. Amen? And amen. Perhaps some of you here today haven't acknowledged in your heart this baby in a manger. But that can change for you when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And for those of us that know Jesus in our hearts, and we know this story that I just shared with you, you can say, hey, I can share the same story. You know it by heart. But you know what that means? The Christian faith for me is about refreshment. It's about remembrance. It's about Coming back to Jesus is about renewing my commitments to him. It's renewing a commitment to this baby that was born. Let us come and adore him. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. So I'm going to close this message with this thought, and I just guys laid this on my heart. We have two things going here. We have we have two, I think, two situations, people that maybe aren't sure that they're saved. They're not sure about this baby in a manger, that if the baby is real, that this baby died just for them, and there are others that you know what you know what you know. 
Well, we're going to pray. And I believe no matter where you are right now, this can be the best, happiest holiday you've ever had. can happen today for you. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray for those, Lord, in their hearts, they're not sure. They're not sure, Jesus, about you. They're not sure in their hearts that they are saved. They don't know for sure. They don't know. They know you in their head, but they don't know you in their heart. Oh, Lord, I pray that as, as I pray this prayer, that they'll pray along with me. Just pray along with me in your heart. And that they will receive you as their Lord and Savior. And just begin a great, wonderful, lovely relationship with you. Oh, Lord Jesus. I come to you this morning. And Lord... Help me to understand the Christmas story. Help me, Lord, to turn away from any sin that I've committed. Please forgive me. And Jesus, help me trust you to come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. Lord, I pray that prayer for one here that is not sure about their salvation. That by praying that prayer in their hearts, that you've given them assurance that you are in them and they are in you. And for those, Lord, that have been walking with Jesus for so many years, I pray for them. I pray for my brothers and sisters that this Christmas will be a Christmas of the ages for them. That they'll grow closer and closer and closer, Jesus, to you. That you might bless them. Bless them abundantly with your love. With your presence in their lives. Oh, God. You came on this planet for this moment. We give you praise. We give you praise. Open our hearts, Lord, to see more of what you would have for us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.